0: Hello, hello, all you wonderful, curious, and adventurous listeners, and welcome back to Baldy Ballads, where we look at many of the forgotten, hilarious, and often dirty old songs of the past. In the process, we'll explore all those things that make life a just a bit more interesting, like trickery, infidelity, loving, drinking, and fightin'. Oh, and some monstrous births at some point. We'll even be making this thing a bit educational as we discuss archetypes, history, folklore, and Lord only knows what else. A fair warning before we begin, though. This show does discuss adult themes and topics, including violence, sex, and includes my own foul mouth. All right. All that said, let's get started with today's episode. As we begin, let's talk a bit about some of the more confusing aspects of some older printing and ballads. If you're looking on the site, you'll see in the poem that there are statements such as but he, etc., and yet he, etc. They are typically indicators, place for singers to either repeat a previous line, such as but he took his own for another's mark, or to indicate a place where the singer would improvise, which was pretty common and why we can end up with so many variations of one song, especially over the years. So, as I read, I will typically insert either the reference line or a short improvisation um, using some of the previous statements. It's important to keep in mind as you read that standard spelling was not a thing then. So, before any of you get all pedantic in your comments, learn your language history. If the initial spelling was so different as to make it difficult for an average modern audience to understand, though, I may have changed to a more standard spelling. There are going to be occasions for that. So that's kind of some more business stuff right at the beginning. All right. So while these songs were traditionally sung on street corners by performers who were selling the broadsheets, I'm not going to be singing for you. I will, however, link performances of this song when available. Um, unfortunately, this one hasn't been performed, and there is only one copy of this song in what is called the Pepis Collection, um, which we'll talk about more in later episodes. So I present to you today a cuckold by consent, or the frolic Miller that enticed a maid he did think to lodge in his lawless bed, but she deceived him of his intent, and in her room his wife to bed she sent, published between 1681 to 1684. Friends, will it please you to hear me tell of a merry jest that late befell by as good a miller as ever laid stone? It was not contented with his own, <laughs> but he was deceived in the dark and took his own for another's mark upon a time it chanced so a proper maid to the mill did go to grind her father a bath of corn the miller's heart with her did burn yet he was deceived in the dark and took his own for another's mark and to obtain his purpose right he caused the maid to stay all night and said it would be morn before he could grind her corn He was deceived in the dark and took his own for another's mark. So when the day was done and spent, home to his house the miller went, and he took the maid with him along, to whom he thus did use his tongue. But he was deceived in the dark and took his own for another's mark. Sweetheart, quoth he, I tell thee now that I have made a secret vow, that I this night must lie with thee, and thou shalt have thy grist toll free. But he was deceived in the dark, and took his own for another's mark. At home I have a special room, where none but my chief guests do come. Thy lodging there alone shall be, and I will come to bed thee. And yet he was deceived in the dark and took his own for another's mark. Sweet soul, I prithee be content with maiden silence gives consent. It is no purpose to say no, for I have sworn it will be so. But he (laughs) was deceived in the dark and took his own for another's mark. Then to his wife, the miller said, I pray make much of this same maid and lodge her in the parlor below, for she is a good man's child, I know. But he was deceived in the dark and took his own for another's mark. So to the mill again he went, but to return was his intent, for to perform what he had swore unto the maid not long before. Yet he was deceived in the dark and took his own. Another's mark. Then, shortly after he was gone, unto his wife the maid was known. Quoth she, Your husband hath this night sworn to deprive you of your right. So he was deceived in the dark and took his own for another's mark. Under your lodging, let me go and lie you in the room below. If in the parlor bed you be, He'll lie with you and think, tis me. So he was deceived in the dark and took his own for another's mark. His wife, considering of the thing to her own bed, the maid did bring. And for to have the thing, you know, she laid herself in the room below. So he was deceived in the dark and took his own for another's mark. Then towards the midnight of the night, the miller came to the chamber right. His promise, which he made to keep, and he thought he found that mate made asleep. But he was deceived in the dark and took his own for another's mark. For joy, the miller, nothing said. But off with his clothes and into the bed and colors in the dark, being like he had his work did briefly sh- destroy. Yet he was deceived in the dark and took his own for another's mark. His wife speaks not a word at all, but took all kindly that did fall, and that did prove so good a part, she thanked the maid with all her heart. But he was deceived in the dark and took his own for another's mark the miller out of bed again, and to the mill he went amain, But in his mind, he was almost wild for fear he had got the maid with child. Yet he was deceived in the dark and took his own for another's mark. He did devise to cause the mother to father the bantling on another and pausing on the thing a while his man, he thought, to beguile. But he was deceived in the dark and took his own for another's mark. With that, he cast his wits about to work the project, past all doubt. Then, with all wisdom on the wise, he told his man of a dainty prize. But he was deceived in the dark and took his own for another's mark. Jack, quote Miller. By the mass, I'll tell you of a curious lass with a cherry cheek and a dainty chin, with snow-white breasts and silken skin. But he was deceived in the dark and took his own for another's mark. With nut-brown hair and forehead high, with ruby lips and pleasant eye, with a pretty, lisping, pratching tongue, Soft hands and fingers, small and long, but he was deceived in the dark and took his own for another's mark. With a slender middle and a body straight, with back and belly proportioned right, a handsome leg and a dainty foot, a, a finer thing if you can't come to it. But he was deceived in the dark and took his own for another's mark. Now, Jack, if thou wilt credit me, a sweeter wench thou never did see. What will thou give me for my good will? Thou shalt have belly bait thy fill. But he was deceived in the dark and took his own for another's mark. It is so," quoth the Miller. Then, quote this man, good master, do the best you can to bring it about. And for the same, I'll give you my ram. But he was deceived in the dark and took his own for another's mark. A match, the Miller, the ram is mine and the wench she shall be thine. And so the miller, hmm, like an ass, Set him to his wife instead of the lass. So he was deceived in the dark and took his own for another's mark. When Jack did come where she did lie into the bed, Jack did hide. You know so well I need not name what Jack would do unto this dame, but he was deceived in the dark and took his own for another's mark. When Jack had finished up his game unto the miller, he went again. He thanked his master and to him swore that he had never had such sport before. But he was deceived in the dark and took his own for another's mark. Betimes the morning the maid arose and to the miller straight she goes. For her horse she ready saddled found beside her corn was toll free ground. But he was deceived in the dark and took his own for another's mark. The miller then desired the maid that she would remember the parlor bed. Quoth she "Good sir, you are deceived. You kissed your wife and all my seed. And you was deceived in the dark and took your own for another's mark. Alas, quote the miller, what shall I do? For then our check has been there too. And for this trick a vow I make, I'll never trust maiden for thy sake. But he was deceived in the dark and took his own for another's mark. So I'm kind of beginning with this journey with this ballad because I think it proves a few important things. These centuries-old songs show how little people change. And this song in particular shows how often our expectations of the past aren't always accurate. Sometimes you can teach valuable lessons while still being hilarious. It shows a sharp-witted maid saving herself. A rapist gets instant karma. It shows why so many of these old songs should be pulled out for study and discussion. Often, when people go searching for folk songs, they find the works of collectors such as Francis Child or Cecil Sharp, men who were collecting during the later end of the 19th century, a time and culture still largely constrained by Victorian horror at sexuality, especially that of a woman. So many forget or just never know just how much more open people of the early modern were when it came to sex. And in case you aren't aware, the early modern period, because it's going to come up a lot, um, that is the time period a lot of these songs are coming from. It's the time from the invention of the printing press by Gutenberg in 1440. And it ends with the beginning of the Industrial Revolution in the 1760s. It's also a period of radical change in terms of not only political belief, but gender roles. And of course, religion, we are talking about the reformation here. The reformation is going on during this uh, time, largely a result of this printing press. Um, So the printing press, the religion is going to come up as we go along this journey, just so everybody is aware Um, So as we go through all these different songs, we'll be looking at some of the cultural and political context of these songs as well. Yeah, we're making learning a part of it. Deal with it. So let's take a look at this cucker. I'm going to break down different parts that have like double meaning or just really strike me as interesting, depending on the song that could go in a few different directions, but largely I'll look, be looking at things from a Jungian historical and cultural perspective and hopefully making it fun in the process. I have to say that using the term work stone to reference sex at the beginning is just brilliant. Um, and, And and I can't help but wonder, we use the term getting laid today, work stone, lay stone. I mean, is there, is there a link? Is this some kind of transition? These are the kind of questions that these songs bring up. And it's a good example, too, of why these songs warrant further exploration. Since they still couldn't just out and out say certain things in print, They had to get really creative in expressing different ideas. So how do I know? It's what immediately follows. You have the term laid stone, which refers to what is called a millstone or grindstone, which was this giant stone used to turn grain to flour. And when we pair a title about cuckolds with the idea of grinding that comes with a combination of Miller and Stone, there's really only one logical conclusion about what they're talking about, especially with him not being contented with his own. I won't lie though, that one did take a couple of reads for me to really appreciate and get. Now enters the maid. Not just any maid, but a proper maid. I love how clearly the archetypes are labeled in these stories. I mean, she's just the maid. We all think of her and know of her, of course, and we all immediately have some character we think of. I think of Lily from the movie Legend and, of course, Buttercup from The Princess Bride. Many of us tend to go straight to the damsel in distress image, but this is a perfect example of some of her other great traits. Yes, she can be ethereal and delicate, but she can also be that bold, brave girl who dresses as a boy in order to fight for those she loves. She's Elizabeth Bennet, Princess Leia, Hermione, and Katniss Everdeen. It's when she is presented in an undeveloped, flat character that she becomes just the distressed maiden. In reality, most girls aren't that. They can be adventurous, curious, brave, and yes, that does sometimes get them into some tough situations that they may or may not need rescuing from. It's all dependent on the inner strength of the character and how much they are able to resist their weaker shadow aspects. No matter the form she takes, the maiden has honesty at her core. So when this Purvo miller tries to take her power, she outwits him with her honesty and innocence. You may ask why the miller would assume the maid would wait silently for him. And here's another place where time and culture come into play. Since we can assume he thus did use his tongue, means he kissed her, and that a bit later he says silence gives consent, he is trying to use guilt to control her. Sadly, that idea of she was asking for it still exists, though we can hopefully end that idea altogether in another generation or so. I love that the maid is having none of that bullshit and saves herself with honesty And I think it's important to note that the maid chose to say, your husband hath this night sworn to deprive you of your right. She doesn't come from the angle of help me, help me, but kind of a yo girl, watch a man kind of energy. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm here for it. So the wife says, but, and goes to sleep in the guest bedroom where the miller tried to hide the maid away. There, she eventually gets the best grinding she's had in ages. All the while, this dude couldn't tell the difference between his own wife's body and that of the maid. I mean, come on. Either his wife is shaped exactly like the maid, which would make us ask why he would have been so obsessed with maid in the first place. Or the other option is that dude was so hard up, it could have been a pumpkin and he wouldn't have known. He was so utterly fooled that he immediately starts freaking out, worried about having knocked the girl up. And what does he do? He convinces his bud slash worker to go rape the girl too. Or, you know, he thinks she's unwilling. Instead, he sends Jack in to get what he ends up being the best sport Jack has ever had. And I think we all know what he means by sport. The whole scenario is so ridiculous and still just as funny today as it was when it was written in 1681. I think I think it comes from our love of seeing instant karma. If you search for instant karma, it shows its popularity by the sheer amount of subtopics. Instant karma, MMA, karma police, road rage, and it goes on and on. We love it. But why? Why? I think it pulls on that place inside of us that holds on to all the times someone wronged us and seemingly just got away with it. It leaves a hole where we feel justice should be. And this kind of story fills that hole. I won't lie, though. As a grown woman, I am absolutely loving the Miller's wife. She plays it all so smart, staying quiet while he conducts his business, the perfect anima. All the while, getting all the proof, and having a little bit of fun in the process. I wish the original author had written about that moment Jack comes in and the Miller's wife realizes what her husband has done and decides to still get hers. And you know she didn't just leave it there. You know she reminded him of this shit the rest of his life, especially if she got pregnant. Which would, of course, lead to the constant question of, is the baby the Millers, or? the baby jacks and that my friends brings me back once again to what I hope for in this podcast I want to bring all this stuff out in the light of day to inspire a new generation of artists and creators what do you think what is the story there what happens after there's so much potential there I mean can you imagine if Benny Hill had gotten his hands on this for those of you who are unsure of who Benny Hill is I've left links in the show notes and on the blog He's a must for understanding a lot of modern comedy. So the potential in these songs for future creation is matched only by the way they connect us to the past. They give us insight into the emotional and mental states of a person living through one of the most tumultuous times in history. And with that, a big thank you again for listening to Body Ballads. And I can't wait to talk to you next time. Bye bye.